Read the Gospels, read the life of Jesus there, study his teaching, and it will be a mystery to you. You won't come near to the full meaning of what you're reading until you come to the end of those stories and read about the cross. The cross of Christ makes sense of the life of Jesus Christ. Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry sponsored by Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship in Boise, The Bread of Life. If you're looking for a place to give that is taking the gospel in direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, would you consider CPE? You can learn more about how God is using us by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Today we begin listening to a sermon entitled, What Christ Taught About His Cross. And yet we must start by understanding that everything Jesus taught was to be understood in light of His saving work for us at that cross. Well, as we look at the life and teaching of the Lord Jesus, what we can recognize is that everything that the Lord Jesus taught actually was spoken in such a way that he had a vantage point or a reference point on the future. He was looking at something that was ahead of us, and so all that he said, in a sense, is deciphered, not simply in the moment in which he said it. All the things that Lord Jesus taught is unveiled, not in the moment in which he pronounced it. There was something in all of it that was parabolic, you might say. Something in all of it that there was a mystery behind it that wasn't to be fully grasped or fully comprehended until it was unfolded in the realities of what lay ahead of him and something that was to take place in the future. When the Lord Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit coming to his disciples, he told his disciples that the Holy Spirit was to bring to remembrance everything that he had taught them, everything that he had said to them. And the reason the Holy Spirit does this is not so that they have a reference point in which to write a faithful biography of the life of the Lord Jesus. It wasn't so that they might have somehow a capacity to provide an accurate retrospective or a definitive statement on some past life that was lived. It was so that Christ might, through the Holy Spirit, open up to them And from the vantage point that they would have at the moment when the Holy Spirit filled them, they might be able to recognize and understand everything that Christ taught them regarding their salvation and our salvation, regarding the life that Christ was intending and purposing for them and the life that Christ is intending and purposing for us. In other words, Christ was going to bring to them through the Holy Spirit a remembrance of everything that he taught in relation to some event that has taken place now. And now they're going to be able to look back through that event and they're going to see all that Christ said and it's all going to begin to make sense to them and it makes sense to us as well. In other words, so Christ is speaking towards the future and everything he says, but he's also speaking with reference or all that he says is with reference and to be understood from one point in time. From that point in time, everything he says is to go out to us in understanding. And that point in time, that place is the point in time in which Christ hung upon the cross. It's Golgotha, it's the cross. It's from the cross, and it's at the purpose of the cross and the fulfillment of the cross that everything Christ teaches is understood by us. Everything Christ taught was a deposit of vital information to be received by faith, but not to be fully understood except through the cross, except through what he was to accomplish for us on the cross. When his death was only a few hours away, the Lord Jesus was celebrating the Passover with his disciples, and there he instituted this ceremonial meal, and he explained the meaning of that meal to his disciples. They are to partake of this meal together to memorialize everything that Christ has done for them. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's about to die. But in this moment of time, he's not looking back retrospectively on the past. 
He's not going through a time of remembrance where he fondly remembers all the wonderful encounters and all the wonderful time they've had together. It's kind of what we're doing right now. We have a family that's they're going to be moving on to another community and they're leaving us and our mind is filled with all the memories of what we've enjoyed in the past. The Lord Jesus is about to pass from the presence of his disciples and yet he's not going back and reflecting on all the wonderful times they had together. That's not what he's doing. He's looking ahead into the future and what he's about to accomplish. He's not thinking about the past at the moment of his death. He's on the verge of something that's opening up into the future, and that's what he's thinking about. If you go and you'll look at the old arch bridges that were built back in the Middle Ages, they were built from the edges up to the middle, and then when the middle was, when it was almost completed, then the final piece of the bridge was laid into the middle, and it was called the keystone. And the keystone was that center stone that bore all the weight of that bridge. All of the weight of the bridge was resting and pressing in upon that keystone and that's how an individual was able to walk across those bridges and be safe and secure. I was in Mostar, Bosnia just about a year and a half ago. There's a wonderful arch bridge there that was built back in I think the 1400s. Could have even been earlier than that. The story is told that when it was built, the man who built it ran and hid. He hid away in the mountains and no one could find him because when it was opened up for the first time, someone walked across it, he was afraid that if it failed, if it failed, that, that they would hunt him down and, and put him to death. And so he hid until they knew that it was successful and they could walk across it. But the key to that bridge is the keystone that's laid down in the middle of it. It bears all the weight. It holds that bridge together. And the Lord Jesus at this meal is about ready. He's the day before he's to lay this keystone into the bridge that takes us from our sins into the presence of holy God and bridges us back into the presence of God and relationship with him and back into his kingdom and his eye and his mind and his thought is upon this keystone that he's about to put into place. And at this meal, the Lord Jesus begins to demonstrate or reveal the self-control that he exercised in his teaching up to this point. All through his ministry, he has kept the full expression and the full exposition of this great work of the cross veiled off from a clear understanding. He's kept it from his disciples, but now in the Passover meal, he begins to unveil to them and explain to them the expression of all that he was to accomplish and the key through which they're to understand all that he's taught them. He's about to unveil to them the salvation that's to come through the suffering that lies ahead of him. The rescue they're going to realize from God's wrath. The safety they're going to realize from God's judgment. The purchase that he is going to make for them from their slavery and sin. The bridge that he's about to build for them in order that they might be restored and reconciled into a relationship with God. And this is what Jesus has held back from view. But now, as the meal begins, he says this. I have fervently or eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I'll no longer eat it with you until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. In other words, this meal and body is what I'm about to accomplish through my suffering on the cross and in its accomplishment that will be ours to celebrate together in my coming kingdom. And I've longed, I've longed for this moment and this point in time and this meal and for these things to be opened up and expressed and understood by you. The meal began with him washing his disciples' feet. In reference to washing his disciples' feet, but not just that, but the whole meal that lie ahead of them. Jesus said, what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will after this. What I'm doing you will not understand now, but you will after this. And actually, you could put that over the whole life of Christ. You could put that over all of his teaching, 
all that he did, all the miracles that he performed, all that he spoke, all that he taught, all that he said, was not to be understood fully in the moment of its doing, in the moment of its teaching. It was to be understood in light of the cross. It was all to be understood and clearly defined and appropriated through the light of the cross. Paul understood this as well. So Paul, when he summarizes his own teaching and gives an overview of all of his teaching, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.2, I've determined to know nothing, to proclaim nothing before you or among you, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, Paul is saying everything that I've done and everything that I've spoken and everything that I've taught makes sense only because of this, because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus says you don't understand this now, but you understand after this. After what? After what? After the cross. After I go to the cross, you understand what I'm doing here, what it is that I'm providing for you. So our Lord's reference to the cross is something that is veiled throughout his teaching. And yet if we look through his teaching, it's interesting that he says very little about the cross. But as you go through and study his life, you begin to see that in various ways he was either foreshadowing or teaching this reality. He knew it was ahead of them. And so here's the first thing I want you to see here is that the Lord Jesus taught that the cross was before him and that it was central to his purpose or the purpose of his coming. We see this veiled off. We see this expressed in different ways. It's not entirely clear. He doesn't come to the clear point of it until the moment when he establishes that meal with his disciples at the Passover meal before he goes to the cross. But he knew, and he taught, and he revealed that he knew that the cross was before him. We identify the beginning of Christ's public ministry at his baptism. It comes to John the Baptist, who is baptizing people along the Jordan River. The Lord Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized, and John protests and says, I don't need to baptize you. I need to be baptized by you. Jesus responds to John and says, let this be done to fulfill all righteousness. John knew that he was baptizing people as they came to him as an expression of their declaration that they knew that they were sinful and that they needed to be made clean. They entered the waters of baptism as a confession and a declaration that we know that the kingdom of God is coming. We know the king is about to appear and we need to be right before him and we're not. And we need to be made right. We need to be made clean. And John also knew that Jesus was the king that he was announcing. And he knew that he was the righteous king. And there was no need for the righteous king to make a confession of sin. The kind of sin that was being expressed in his baptism. And yet the Lord Jesus was making a different confession when he was baptized by John. He was acting out, as it were, an expression of in advance of what it was he had come to do. He was acting out the purpose that lay before him in the cross, the mission that was his. He had come to enter into the waters of our judgment. He had come to bring himself into complete identity with our sin and recognize our place and meet us there. When we come and receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're called to go to be baptized. And what we do in a sense in that baptism is we step across the line into the waters of baptism and we're saying publicly, I have identified my life with Jesus Christ. I've identified my life with his death on my behalf and his resurrection and I now am completely committed to him as his follower. When Jesus entered the baptism waters of John the Baptist, he was saying the same thing in reverse order. I am identifying myself with them, these sinners. And I'm committing myself to them. And I'll enter into their trials and their sufferings and their 
temptations and I'll redeem them and save them from out of their sins. I'm the king who's come to make them clean and make them right. And so at the baptism of the Lord Jesus, he was in a sense foreshadowing the moment in which he would go upon the cross and there all the sin of the world would come upon him and all its judgment would come upon him and he would die in our place. It's kind of interesting. When the Lord Jesus was there being baptized and he came out of the water, a voice was heard. The heavenly father said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. When Jesus hung upon the cross, God's voice was silent. God said nothing. In fact, the Lord Jesus cried out at that moment in dereliction, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was an odd and strange experience for him who had said that he was always with the Father and he always heard the Father's voice. There was this moment of silence as he bore our sin and became sin for us. But God in advance knew his plan. God in advance knew the pleasure he had in his son. And so God in advance spoke over his son as he gave expression to what he was going to do on the cross there the rivers of Jordan and he spoke there and his voice echoes from the Jordan River all the way up to Golgotha this is my son whom I am well pleased well thank you for listening to the ministry of the bread of life to learn more about our ministry let me suggest you go to one of two websites first Go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.